I love you. You guys are fantastic. Unique by nature. Good morning, everyone. This is Shoy with Dimple Times Radio, and we are here with Rick Patterson in the garden. Online and on your mobile device. It's sexy. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you've joined us today in the garden with Rick. As always, we appreciate your kind comments on Facebook. In this crazy, stress-filled, anxiety-ridden world, we hope that we can entertain you, cause you to have a few chuckles, and learn a little bit about gardening. How are you, Max, today? Doing well. And and the good part about gardening is when the world is collapsing around you, you can escape into your garden. And in your garden, you can literally feel like you're way out in the middle of nowhere. And other than when, you know, the neighbor yells, hey, shut up over there or something like that, you know, but it's it's almost like its own secluded little paradise or something. (laughs) Yeah, I someone on Facebook saw a palm tree that I had out there and I always try to buy a palm tree. Because it kind of gives that illusion of a tropical island or my own little tropical paradise. Now, does it live from year to year? You just put I just it in throw the it away or give it away. Oh, because it gets too big in the house. I don't have room for it in the house. I saw somebody over there uh, on your way. You used to go carnival. I can't think of the road, but they would mine up a couple palm trees outside their house, and they're getting bigger. So they they must like in the winter months bring it in and and yeah. keep it warm or. Yeah, most of my windows in the house face north, so I don't really have any place to put it. And, and well, and I was thinking they must have to have some kind of artificial light or something because right. if, if it's a palm tree, it's used to having light right. longer times of the day. Right. That's my dream. If I ever had my dream house, I'd have these great big windows and palms and bananas. And and raccoons sitting outside <laughs> smiling at you. <laughs> oh, don't even. <laughs> Lately, it's been the possum, but we don't, we're not even going to go there. Raccoons on vacation, so the possums visiting. I think the possums have taken over now. You know, and it's only we're only, what, two weeks away from Author in the Alley? Almost time. I ordered 30 books from the publisher, and I, get, I got ordered 10 of each. And when I received my books, there was only 29 books. So I thought, somebody can't count the 10. So the next day, I wasn't even going to mess with it. I'm not going to mess with that book. I just don't want the hassle. Next day, I looked in the mailbox, and there's a big package, and there's my extra book. <laughs> they, they probably had a certain amount of one warehouse, and then that other one they had to pull from another warehouse. Or someone just doesn't know how to count to 10. Well, they figured it out, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, the author in the alley is September 18th in downtown Circleville in between Mason's and Betsy's clothing store. And we hope you come down. I would love to visit with you, meet you. There are going to be other authors there from local authors and Ohio authors. And like I said before, I've read a lot of their books, and there's some really good books and really good authors. And also in downtown, it's September Fair. So I believe there are over 30 vendors signed up. Uh, I think there's maybe, I think she said maybe 20 more interested. Uh, There are four authors that have signed up on the way and then i think four more that are looking to sign up so there might be eight altogether possibly um a lot of times they're they're trying to weigh what you know do i go to this or do i go to that uh in the alley itself since we're allowing folks to actually set up tents that'll probably be 10 foot um eight would fill up the alley pretty good right um 
So it uh, it all depends on who brings the tent and who just brings the table. Uh, we're going back and forth ourselves if we're just going to set up a table. And then uh, Dimple Times will have some of its books setting out there from Keystone Books. Uh, the different things for puzzles, word search, things like that. Um, we're talking about doing a T-shirt. I don't know if you remember the T-shirt from yes. the bookstore that said, yeah. um, mm-hmm. what is, it said, uh, read, eat, sleep. And then at that point, it said, Keystone Books, and it, it had the uh, little characters of somebody reading, and even we're like, the guy at the end, he, he he's reading a book there, but it almost looks like a newspaper. So we're thinking about printing up some of those shirts and uh-huh. uh, bringing those nice. so it says Dimple Times at the bottom. Sounds good. Uh, my books are available at um, 415raspberrypicket.com. It's about witches and their adventures fighting bad guys with magical herbs. And also uh, the gardening articles are on Dimple Times papers twice a month, and all the articles are on dimpletimes.com. And Dimple Times has a lot of other interesting, informative, and inspirational articles to read. So don't forget about that either. And if you have a question for Rick, be sure to contact contact us. Send an email to goodnews at dimpletimes.com. That's for his Ask the Gardener. Uh, he gives tips and he answers different questions. If he doesn't know, he researches to find out to uh, get the information to you. Uh, that's one of the articles each month. And then another one is is just a hobby fan article about, well, it, it's random things. Uh, sometimes they're more fun. Sometimes they're more serious. But uh, either way, entertaining. Right. Well, this segment is brought to you today by Trump Marker and Newt's Games. If you're a card player, if you like playing bridge, euchre, uh, pinochle, or other games, these are little wooden markers so people will know what's trump when you're playing your hand of cards. It's two and a half inches. It's large enough for older people to see, and they're available at newtsgames.com. And we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back in the garden with Rick. Today we're going to talk about apples. Max, have you ever heard the saying, an apple day keeps the doctor away? Yes, I have. Apparently this first appeared in the late 1800s in Wales, UK. And actually it was thought up to, uh, cooked up to sell more apples. That was the whole purpose of it. If people thought of eating apples was healthy, they might buy more apples. So is that the reason you give an apple to a teacher? Was that another excuse to be able to sell more apples? I guess. I guess. I I don't know. You're making yourself the teacher's pet. There you go. An apple has 52 calories, 86% water, 14 grams of carbs, lots of fiber. Uh, 12% of your daily intake of fiber can come from an apple. And did you know that apple seeds contain cyanide, and it's not a good idea to eat a lot of apple seeds? That's right. Now, when I eat an apple, I can't eat the skin because the the fiber in the skin just rips my stomach. It can cause bloating, gas, all kinds of uncomfortable things if you eat too many apples. Studies in 2013 and 2015 suggested that eating an apple 
every day, lowers your cholesterol, especially people over 50. And also people who ate apples seem to use uh, fewer prescription meds. So why are you looking at me on this? I don't understand. You give me a complex here. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Weight loss. Eating an apple can bring weight loss because the fiber fills you up. It increases the mineral dis- density of your bones. It's supposed to improve brain function, prevent um, mental decline, and slow the signs of aging. It may lower the risk of asthma. It lowers the risk of diabetes. And it might even actually reduce the chances of getting cancer. So there might be some truth in, uh, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Well, I like apples, but I like the skin too, so. You know, this time of year, apples are everywhere. I mean, you see them in people's yards. You and see them in orchards. You see. Do you in- have an apple tree? I don't remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have, have a crab apple that rains down little crab apples. And bonks me on the head when I'm sitting out there. <laughs> can you eat? You can't eat crab apples though. But you can, can you? make a jelly out of them. Yeah, how can you make a jelly but you can't eat a crab apple? Yeah, lots of sugar. You have to put a lot of sugar in it. I also have a um, now. I'm, I'm, this is French, I think. Espire, tree. That's when they train a tree to grow flat against a wall or a terrace. Oh, have you seen that? You know, they they grow out then up and out and up and out and up. Huh. And they're flat. You can do that with different trees, but they do it with apple trees and fruit trees. And I have one, but they've grafted seven different kinds of, see, one, two, three, six different kinds of apples. So each branch on this is a different type of apple. And so far, I've only gotten two different kinds of apples off of it. So it's, it's really neat. I have it up against a fence, and it's flat, doesn't take up a lot of room. You, you bit out to pull apples off and eat them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom said I was a seven and a half month baby and I only weighed four pounds and 10 ounces. I know that's hard to believe now, but she would stuff uh, baby food liver in my face and I'd spit it out and she'd scoop it up and put it back in. So I grew up, I loved liver. So every year on my birthday, I would ask for liver and onions. I know as a weird kid. Oh. I'd ask for liver and onions, lima bean, baby lima beans and scalloped potatoes. But my favorite was apple spice cake. With cream cheese icing. Now that sounds good. Mom would take, she would make applesauce and leave big hunks of apples in it. And then she would put that in the cake so there'd be these big pieces of, of apple in the spice cake. I mean, it was just really yummy. Really, really good. You can have the liver and onions, but I'll take the apple spice. Oh, I love liver and I don't eat it so much now because it's kind of fattening. Every orchard, or every fall, um, we would, when I was a kid, we'd go to an orchard and pick apples and I can remember when I was in the first or second grade, we had an old car and it had a hole in the trunk. And I remember we put the bushel of apples in the trunk. And as we we're driving down the road, these apples were falling out of the trunk and bouncing on the street or on the road. I guess at some point I told my mom that the apples were falling out through the trunk. In the last few years, mom and I have gone to an orchard uh, in the town, the little village she grew up in. And her and her dad would go there and pick apples. And then for payment for picking apples for the orchard, they would give them a bushel of apples. And mom and I went a couple of years ago to that orchard, and the guy in his 90s remembered her. She, he, remembered, he recognized her and remembered her and her dad. I thought that was kind of neat. Well, today's segment is brought to you by NewtsGames.com. If you're a card player and you love bridge or euchre or pinochle or other games, 
These little markers let people know what's Trump. They're two and a half inches. Uh, you can have different um, uh, things of the card stamped on the Trump, so you know which what's Trump. So if you're here, if you're tired of hearing what's Trump, go to newtsgames.com and you can get one of these markers. And we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back in the Garden with Rick. Today we're talking about apples. I think everyone should take their family to an orchard and pick some apples, look at pumpkins. It's a great Sunday activity, Saturday activity, and it's a, an adventure that your kids remember a lifetime. So I think it's fun, it's entertaining, educational to go to an orchard and pick some apples and munch on them on the way home. We went a couple of years ago. Have you ever been down to uh, Hirsch Fruit Farm in Chillicothe? No. It's, it's it's actually very beautiful. They they take you back on a on a tractor ride on like a hay ride. Oh, it sounds like fun. Uh, then when they get you up on the hill, I mean, I I want to say that I could see part of Columbus when it was clear enough, and you're in Chillicothe. Um, I, I don't know if that was Columbus. I, I, I can't remember. That was two years ago, so everything gets fuzzy. But uh-huh. they got a whole variety. You get to pick several different apples to, that you want to get and you roam through and you pick the apples um so it's fun mm-hmm. and then of course you can eat a few off the tree and and they smell so good they, they do until you so get to good. the rotten ones that the bees are all swarming around <laughs> and then they're not they don't look or smell too good anymore <laughs> well max have you ever heard of a guy named john chapman don't think so well he's quite famous actually he's a legend johnny Johnny Appleseed. Ah, yeah, right. Once you said that, I knew. <laughs> he was an American pioneer nurseryman who introduced apples to large parts of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and Ontario, Canada. Even in uh, Urbana, Ohio, north of us here, there's a Apple Johnny Appleseed uh, Museum you can go and visit. He was born late 1700s. He traveled about planting orchards. The, the legend is he planted apple seeds, but that's not really what he did. He planted trees and little orchards, and then he'd put a fence around it to keep the livestock out. And then people would, the people tending the trees would sell the trees off to other farmers, and then he got some of the profit. So what he was doing was to make money. Um, it wasn't just him randomly walking around sticking seeds in the ground like, you know, kind of like folklore. Uh, says well i think i've seen a little cartoon or video or something about johnny appleseed that shows planting seeds well obviously he had to plant the seeds at some point to get the little trees right right. Mm -hmm. yeah in 1819 he fell out of one of his trees and caught his neck in a fork of the tree and was hanging himself and this eight-year-old boy named john white came by and saw him and couldn't get him out so he cut the apple tree down and saved johnny appleseed's life I thought that was very interesting. Wow, that is weird. Later in life, uh, Johnny Appleseed became a Christian missionary with a kind of a primitive fundamentalist Swedish Christian group. 
Boy, that's a whole bunch of extra adjectives added <laughs> into that, isn't there? <laughs> well, they, they were very, uh, when I mean primitive, he would walk around and, and use clothes, and he actually would wear a tin a pot on his head, a tin pot as a hat. So the cartoon was accurate then. Right. Uh, Walt Disney's, uh, yeah, it was accurate. He didn't believe in hurting animals, and he didn't even save mosquitoes. Later in life, he became a vegetation, a vegetarian. He never married because in his belief, God would reward him with a wife when he went to heaven. He'd get his soulmate when he went to heaven. Good luck with that. <laughs> he was actually a quite wealthy. He owned 1,200 acres. Back then, that would have been a lot of land. That'd be a lot of land right now. He owned two plots in Mount Vernon, Ohio, but he lived in poverty, and they said he would even walk around barefoot in the snow. Because he just, like I said, lived a very primitive lifestyle and only carried the, his belongings around with him that he needed. Frugal, I guess. Very frugal. And then his death was sudden. I think he was about 80. And there's a lot of dispute about where he's actually buried. No one really knows where he's actually buried. Lisbon, Ohio, isn't that west of here? I can't remember. They have a Johnny Appleseed Festival uh, September 18th and 19th of every year. So even after he was born in the 1700s and died in the early 1800s, and he's still famous because people still have these festivals and museums. And They say one of his apple trees still survives in Nova, Ohio. And I have no idea where Nova, Ohio is. But if you, if you eat an, a red delicious apple and you take the seed and you put it in the ground, you're not going to get a red delicious apple. The only way you can get a red delicious apple is by taking a cutting of it and graft it or take rootstock and, and, and graft it. Johnny Appleseed felt that this was unnatural. So a lot of his trees were not really eating trees. They, they, they weren't trees that you would went to eat the fruit of. And they were mostly used for making uh, hard cider. Back in that time, people drank a lot of hard cider. It was like a very popular drink. And I have to, I'm not much of a drinker, but, uh, I kind of like hard cider. <laughs> so as frugal as he was, his apple trees were mostly for booze. So, so now we know that you like some spiked lemonade and hard cider. You like the fruit. Spiced tea. <laughs> yeah. Well, this segment is brought to us today by NewtGames.com. Um, they're little markers, so it helps you know uh, what's Trump when you're playing bridge, euchre, or, or pinochle. They come in different sizes, and they're available at newtgames.com. And we'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back in the garden with Rick. Today we've been talking about apples. 
Max, were you aware that there are 7,500 varieties of apples in the world today? Holy cow. My favorite is the Gala apple. That's about the only one that I absolutely love. There's a few more when we went to the fruit farm that we liked, but uh, I don't know why that one just... And there's some like the big red ones. What's what's the famous one that... Actually, the Gala, the Red Delicious, and the Honeycrisp are some of the, the favorite the apples. red The Red Delicious, to me, for some reason, when you eat it, dries out my mouth, and yeah. I, I don't like the texture or something, but the... Uh, and, and for the longest time, I wouldn't eat green apples, even though they're okay to eat right. some of them because I ate green apples off of a tree that weren't ripe, and I found out what happens to your belly after you eat that. Because <laughs> that, oh, that, was, that hurt my belly big time. <laughs> well, in the United States, there's 2,500 varieties. The rarest apple in the world is called the Bardsey Thousand Island Apple. See, it's the Bardsey Island Apple. And it has like a lemon smell, and it's a thousand years old, and it's found in a monastery in southern Italy, which I thought was very interesting. Well, the lemon part itself is weird. <laughs> the oldest apple that's still around is the Ancura, and it was written about in the year 79 AD, so it's several hundred years old. There's a, two of the apples, rarest, and the oldest apples that still exist. A lot of these old apples have lost favor because people didn't eat them and um, they just don't exist anymore. There was a catalog. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. They sold a, a lot of fruit trees, and they used to sell some of these antique apple trees. That just sounds weird, antique apple tree. You, you, you think of something that, you know, this 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 bench used to sit in my great-great-grandmother's house or something, and it's been there. But, no, we're, you're just talking uh Types of apples or or whatever, right? The, mm -hmm. Varieties of apples that are very. I, very I mean, old. There, there's no way that that there's a tree that's that old, right? I mean, the, a tree that's lived. Well, there is a tree in Ohio, they in Nova, Ohio. They believe is the is the only surviving apple tree that Johnny Appleseed um, planted, and it's like 170 years old. I didn't think apple trees lived that long, but. Yeah, because once they get so big, they start to split and, and right. different things happen. Just Well, just like about any other kind of tree. You know, we've all heard the story of Adam and Eve and Eve uh, eats the uh, fruit and or officers to Adam and then Adam eats it. Then they get in all kinds of trouble and the world goes downhill from there. <laughs> but actually, they don't think it was an apple because they don't think apples existed in that part of the world at that time. Because the Bible's pretty kind of specific where the Garden of Eden was. And apples didn't exist there. Well, at some point, somebody just thought, well, let's just call it an apple. Hey, yeah, it was an apple. Well, in the Middle Ages, they kind of, I think they, it's, they, it's how they interpreted the language. And some words sounded like other words and Latin sounded like, so that's kind of where they got well, the that. If you're drawing a picture, it's easier to think, uh, yeah, it's just an apple. It's a fruit. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Let's use that. Now, there are different kinds of apple trees you can get. You can get a full-size apple tree, which can get quite large. Uh, Starkey's is the name of that company. Uh, Starkey's catalog has a lot of fruit trees and apple trees of different sizes and kinds. So that came to a few minutes later. Now, if you were eating your apples every day, <laughs> you would have that. remembered that fact. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's semi-dwarf trees, and then there's dwarf trees, and then there's even a smaller tree they call a um, patio tree, or sometimes they call it a spur tree, and they or a column tree. They grow in a column, just tall one stem, and then the apples form along the stem. 
And so you get full-size apples on a tree that you can put on your patio. Hmm. And it grows here in Ohio? They, yeah, they'll grow here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these trees. Now, you can leave that out all year or if it's on your porch, you got to bring it in or something? I would probably put it in a sheltered location so it doesn't freeze. Well, my, my gardening hero is, is um, Roger Swain of the Victory Garden. I watched him every Saturday for 15 years, and then I'd run out and do all the things he did in the show. And I on his show, he always showed growing apples organically and because apples get funguses they get pests bugs it's it can be kind of challenging sometimes growing an apple tree but on the show it was always organic well i met him in person a few years ago <laughs> and he had his own apple orchard and he was talking about spraying the heck out of them <laughs> to get these perfect apples and i remember thinking at the time well, all those years on your show, you you said that you, they were organic, but in real life, in his own orchard, he sprayed them to get them to, to be perfect. Well, there's probably different levels. If you grow one yourself, and, and there are a lot more now organic farms out there than there were 15 years ago, right. 20 years ago, because there's more of a market for it. Because part of the problem with growing it organic is cost-wise, it costs drastically more right. to do it with organic organic methods than it does just spray some bug spray on there and keep the bugs off. Well, even organic, I think it's hard to keep bugs and funguses off your tree, even with organic. Oh yeah. Well, there's no doubt about it. And you probably have more loss, which is part of what drives up the cost of when you go to your local Kroger or whatever, and you see the organic section and it's a lot more expensive than the other stuff. Well, Martin Luther, he was the guy that brought the the father of Lutheranism. Um, He'd left the Catholic church. He wrote one time, even if I knew that tomorrow the world would come to, would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree. Wow. <laughs> well, today's sponsor is newtsgames.com. If you're a card player and you like playing bridge, euchre, or a pinochle, you can buy these wooden um, markers so you know what is trump when you're playing your hand of cards. Newtsgames.com This edition of In the Garden with Rick is part of Dimple Times Radio, an RTD media broadcast. To read more by Rick, be sure to pick up a copy of the Dimple Times newspaper, which is distributed on newsstands in Fairfield, Pickaway, Ross, and Fayette counties on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. You can also read more articles by Rick at dimpletimes.com. Online and on your smartphone. Unique by nature.